I like to compare the talk to a sandwich um, where like the stuff in the middle middle is is the meat and like what you're really trying to get to and there are a bunch of layers from the beginning to the end and since you've got bread on both sides your ending should always kind of remind of the beginning. Welcome fellow avocados to Developer Advocast, a podcast where we learn how the proverbial guacamole is made directly <laughs> from some of the most prolific dev advocates around. My name is Jeremy Hess, head of DevRel at Achilles.io. And since you've already heard me, I'm Sharon Zisman, the bane of Jeremy's existence <laughs> and his jokes. Uh, I like to call myself the chief manual reader at rtfmplanes.dev. And we plan to bring you every two to three weeks uh, new episodes, and we'll be interviewing some awesome folks. We'll be joking around because that's what me and Jeremy do. And, you know, bringing, uh, you know, really great topics that we want to talk about in the DevRel sphere. We hope that you subscribe on Apple or Spotify and uh, please give us a five-star rating. Here we go. Here goes nothing. Okay, so let's get started with our second episode of Developer Advocast, and this time we're focusing on technical storytelling, which is a critical piece of DevRel. Um, and we have two awesome guests. We have Avital Tsubeli and Jason Yee with us. Yee, yay, yee. Um, we're excited. Um, what's going on in the community, Jeremy? Tell us a little bit about uh, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, so look, before we get into things, uh, I wanted to just give a shout out to one of our favorite Slack channels, the uh, DevRel Collective. So for any- I believe it's a workspace, but yes, I'll allow it. Slack workspace? Apologies. Yeah, I, I always <laughs> got confused with that. It's an organization, isn't it? Isn't it a Slack organization that then has channels? Mm -hmm. I, I thought that's what All it right. was. All right, well, in any case, it's semantics. But go to devrelcollective.fun, join all your fellow avocados. Uh, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about was just shout out uh, a company called Lightrun, uh, which is a, has an open source, really cool open source uh, tool called Coolkits, K-O-O-L-K-I-T-S. And it's an opinionated cool. language specific, cool. batteries included, debug container images for Kubernetes. That's what they call it. And that I literally just read that from their GitHub. So if you want to learn more about that one, Tom is an awesome member of uh, the uh, Israel uh, DevRel crowd. And uh, so check that out if you have some time. So getting into the next subject, Sharon, this is something that's near and dear to your heart. You've been posting a lot about this on Twitter. I've, Wordle. I've actually stopped and stopped. I've, uh, <laughs> I've had a, I have had a falling out with Wordle, I'll have you say. I'll have you know. Uh, yeah, since I was acquired by the New York Times, I have to say I'm not loving it. Not loving it. I actually even almost imagined that they had the word ruble a couple days ago, and it actually was rupee. Rupee. rupee that is Indeed. <laughs> I got really I got really annoyed because I thought, I said, I got rupee in like three guesses, right? And then, uh, I don't know, I'm... And I said, why don't we have a log? I don't understand. Like, first of all, Wordle changed uh, all with New York Times, like you said, with like the words that they're using, like vivid. Like, what is like? All, don't don't give me any more double letter words. I can't I can't stand that because you like, is it where's green? The, is it is yellow? The where is the observability? And where I want to see observability. Where is the tracing? I need the I logs. Need, I need, I need logs the logs. <laughs> all right. So as we, uh, you know, get back into the actual topic at hand, uh, I'd love to invite our beautiful guests, Avital and Jason, equally beautiful, equally awesome, uh, to introduce themselves. So uh, Avital, tell us a little bit of a juicy detail that we don't know about you and a little bit about who you are. 
See, the juicy detail is the one that I use in like the introductions of all my talks. So now I think I need to think of something particularly juicy. Um, recently, someone's like, yeah, recently someone's <laughs> like, you do so many things like, you know, what would you do if, you know, what would you do if you weren't doing all of these tech things? And I was like, teach people how to cook, duh. And they were like, what? Like, that came out of nowhere. And I was like, no. It's exactly the same thing as storytelling. Like, you take things and you turn it into a beautiful, delicious thing. And that's my opening to storytelling. But I really Interesting. Because yeah. Jason is also a very good cook, oh. as far as I oh. uh, follow on Twitter, by the way. Not because I tasted it. It's really firsthand. time to come to Portland, then. Another reason. But yes. Um, yeah, I was gonna say uh, if I could introduce myself, I'm I'm Jason, and my juicy little bit is I used to teach people to cook. Uh, so what? when I was a developer, I wow, I actually yeah, sorry about that, not intentional. Uh, but yeah, it is a fun fact. I used to uh, volunteer time and was a teaching assistant at a culinary school in Denver. So cool. I knew he had cred. I knew he had additional cred versus his DevRel cred. And just I, so uh, <laughs> you all know who we're talking to, he is the head of developer advocacy at uh, Von, at uh, no at Gremlin. She's from Vonage, <laughs> uh, from Gremlin, and Abital is a dev developer advocate at Vonage, but she's also heading out on a new journey that we'll talk about soon. Um, wow, Jason, we go way back from like DevOps, the very first DevOps enterprise. Do you remember uh, where we were still at yeah. Riley? Was like seven, eight. Years was that i don't even remember that was a long time ago that was yeah. probably yeah like seven years ago something like that and yeah. avital we all go back like seven eight months no, no. no. a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more i'm kidding, I'm kidding. We, we met uh, on my i think we met on my birthday on like my 29th or 29th birthday. 29 me all right okay. all right let's not let's not get sidetracked <laughs> into age <laughs> all right uh so Sore we point, have Sharon. these two incredible talented folks uh some of the best speakers i've had the pleasure of watching and they'll be here to share their wisdom uh, about like kind of how they how they do it. Share a little bit of the juicy details on like how they um, really craft their stories and uh, some of the good tips and tricks. Um, so let's get started. You know, uh, Jason, what's your philosophy on great storytelling? <laughs> we'll start off. Well, yeah, we'll start off easy. We'll st we'll start off really simple. <laughs> Just your philosophy. No, no big deal. <laughs> That's that's a great question. I mean, it's such a, a broad, open-ended question, right? Is what your philosophy on storytelling? I mean, what? Help me narrow that down. Like, I don't know. Is it like keep it simple, bits and bytes, leaner and technical, or is it like <laughs> I want to go grandiose and you know, I don't know? Give me, uh, give me something good. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> like how you do it doesn't matter to me. Right. How you do it is that's that's the tactical part. And like overall, you know, I think everything that we do, not only in storytelling but in life, has to stem from the the why am I doing this? And so largely for me it's inspiration and education. Right. Those are the two things that I think are core to DevRel no matter what you're doing. And largely that for me, sets up the tone of what am I, what am I doing? Like I'm doing it for to inspire people and to educate them. So what's the best way that I can do that? And and I think that differs for everybody, uh, but that naturally leads for me into storytelling because I think that stories resonate. Stories are how 
humanity has communicated its values and everything from from the cultural bits of like we do this right like uh, the three of you are all in Israel and man the Jewish tradition is full of stories right like that's the amazing thing about the culture is so much of it has been passed down generations generations thousands of years because of these cool stories and it doesn't matter necessarily if those stories are you know historically accurate or scientifically accurate right it's it's again about that education and inspiration like what do we want to do as a people or as engineers can we do that and to me stories is what resonates and what uh, is natural for me and so that's kind of where that all feeds interesting that's a really great take see we knew you could answer the question we didn't have to narrow it down (laughs) and now avital you have to follow that Uh, avital yeah it's uh it's kind of unfair because like i feel like the philosophy of storytelling is pretty much the same across the board but i've been doing a lot of reading actually about um uh, about writing books actually um because at the end of the day you know you're telling a story where do stories come from i mean they come from like not books originally but we're we know them to start in books um and and it's the same thing the question is like the why but if you think about a book that you like and a book that you're picking up um, your brain is going to know to decide somehow within like one or two pages of that book whether you want to read that book, um, bringing us to the fundamentals of the, the why, which is the value, which is the plot. So I, I see them very comparatively, but when talking about storytelling, I call it the value, um, which is essentially like, why are these people wasting their time or not wasting their time? Why should these people listen to me? Why should these people give 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of their time to listen to me? And what is that value that I'm giving them in return? And before I know that, and before that value is like 100%, 200% clear to me, I can't get on that stage because my entire story, my entire speech, my entire presentation leads up to the peak that is that story, um, that is that value. Sorry. So, and then and then if you want to keep going into that, it's a question of like how are you reaching that point where you're presenting that value, and that's essentially the story. But at its peak, there needs to be that why, that value. And 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 if there's like one thing to know about, like okay, how do I even start telling? Know your why and have your value. Awesome. Love that one. Thank you so much for those I mean great answers. Like we I think we learned an incredible amount just from listening to that one answer. We could probably end the podcast here, but we have some more <laughs> questions because we're interested. Uh, so Avital, continuing on the same vein, why do you feel that technical storytelling plays such a critical role in DevRel specifically? I mean, like a huge a huge part of DevRel is presenting information, is presenting information that we want to teach people, that we want people to know about, is speaking at conferences and events. Like that's the whole, you know, the the celebrity dream job of flying the world maybe back in the day and speaking at events. And if you go to these events, actually, um, you know, you could go to like a tech event or a tech meetup, but let's, let's use a tech event as an example. And you're looking at this like, 
three-track, two-day event full of incredible-looking titles, and you go to these promising-sounding talks, and they're actually really boring. And you kind of get maybe what they wanted to teach you, but it's like really hard to follow along, especially if you've been on your feet all day, if you've been drinking beer all day, or like greasy conference food, you know. You, you know what I'm talking about. Beer ops. All of the things. <laughs> and you've just, you're, you know, you're jet lagged. And then this person who like promised this like really, you know, cool talk with a really catchy title, just the whole thing is just one dimensional and completely flat and doesn't have body, doesn't really tell you where they're going with this. Um, the introduction is like, hi, I'm Todd. I'm 29, I work in whatever company, whatever. And this happens less with DevRel, but you still see it a lot. And and I, and I think it's just become the status quo at, at these events. Like, oh, it's a developer conference, so thereby you can be really boring because everyone's used to this kind of content. But like, what the heck? There's so much information and there are so many platforms where we can consume information. There's, you know, there's like written information, there's podcasts, there's videos. Like, why should anyone listen to this one boring talk? And why would I choose that over anything else that's probably also equally boring? Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember the question. I'm sorry, I got really heated. No, fair enough. I mean, that, that, that makes sense why it's the storytelling. Technical storytelling is super important for the DevRel position and, and what you're trying to do. This is all staying in the podcast. Go thank ahead. You. Uh, the, the whole idea behind storytelling is to create curiosity and create a flow that makes you want to keep listening. There is so much curiosity to be found in tech, in the things that we teach, in the solutions we provide, in, in, in the cool APIs that we're building or, or whatever else. And... It's just about tapping in to that place of curiosity to present it in such a way that makes people want to listen because otherwise it's just going to fall on flat ears. Our brains are very smart to know whether or not they want to waste their time, their time on this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I actually, I want to touch on what Jason had to say in it, like in the previous question when you talked about inspiration and education. Um, and so I, I think that like kind of that was very good, you know, um, intro to why you think it's an important piece and I'll let you answer the question, but I also want to, you're also your take a little bit on how the technical storytelling side of DevRel kind of differentiates from the other sides of DevRel, like documentation, which is very dry and very boring and kind of has its uh, very format, formatted template or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what Avatel was saying because that, you know, she, she, she mentioned that curiosity, right? And you mentioned the other things. And I think that's a key component here is, yeah, if, if I'm an engineer and I want to do something and I just want that info of how to do it, I'm like a conference talk or an event is the worst place to get that, right? Yeah. There's documentation for that. There's tutorials. There, there are plenty of ways that you can learn how to do something, which sets up the difference for those events of, what are we there to do? And part mm -hmm. of that, as Avital mentioned, is engaging people. But then the inspiration part comes in of stoking that curiosity, right? Getting them curious to see your talk and leaving them curious to explore more. Because there's nothing that I can say in 20 minutes or even if I have an hour-long talk, there's nothing that I could say that substantively will change 
what you're doing. Like, you're not going to watch an hour talk and like suddenly be like, yes, I know exactly how to program in this new language or how to set up this new technology. I know everything I need to know. Thanks for coming. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> right? It's, you, you have to leave people with, with wanting more with that, that inspiration or that motivation to now like, yes, I'm going to, it's worth my time to invest in learning more about this, in diving into this, in doing this thing that, that you asked me to do. And so that's, again, where stories become much more valuable than just demos yeah. or just the, the dry documentation part. Awesome. Love I, it. If I can add to that, Always. I think there's, I, there's a reason that you're giving that talk and not someone else. Um, mm -hmm. And the story is a huge part of, of you or you're a huge part of the story. Um, and there's a connection that you have to the subject matter and that really special sauce that you can bring to the su subject matter that you can only do through proper storytelling because if you're just like spitting facts or, or just you know giving over information, anyone else can do that. And, and, and this is the place to really connect and engage with the audience, like Jason was saying, and, and only you are able to do that in your own special way. This this thought just popped into my head about about actually events. Do you, if you had to give a talk at event, which you know both of you are prolific in terms of giving talks at events, like we talked about, do you believe more in slides, no text, just a little bit of text, um, you know, gifs? I call them gifs. Don't kill me. Uh, GIFs. The founder calls them gifs. The creator calls yes, them gifs. Yes, uh, well, What's what 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 do you what do you guys believe in? Either of you, go ahead. I'm also, I'll add, I'll add one more part to that question, you. which is, uh, uh, do you believe in talks completely without slideware, and do you think that like those are more powerful and yes, etc. Okay, do. there we go. I, w I win. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I do, but 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 um, you can't deny that having like something in front of you. Um, as like a reminder, you know, it's kind of hard to memorize a speech. If I was giving a TED talk, you know, I, I would memorize that probably. But if we're writing speeches like on the reg, um, you need something. Um, so I'm all for having like a, as little text as possible on the screen. Also not, there is this misconception that you need like a slide for every single thing that you're talking about. And actually you don't. Um, it's just the slides are, provide, are supposed to provide as much value, like provide value just like you're supposed to provide value. So if it's, you know, if, the, if, if whatever is being presented on the screen is taking away from me and is not actually providing anything for the audience, then it's kind of unnecessary. And, you know, pictures of cats, dogs, whatever, people like jokes. I don't do as many of those. Um, if there's a phrase that I'm using or something really important that I want people to remember, and again, this is a phrase, it's not even a full sentence. It's like, you know, put yourself in the feet of the developers if you're at like a DevRel conference. That's something I would put as a one-liner on the screen. Just as like, okay, take a picture of this, upload it to your Twitter, it's important to remember, um, that kind of thing. Visuals, if you're showing like um, technology, then maybe you wanna show like, screenshots of things, a little bit of code. I try not to overload with information on the screen that isn't totally, totally valuable. And for myself, I just like to have like something in front of me that will allow me to kind of remember where, where I'm going from here. 
Do you have something to add to that, Jason? It looks like you do. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's largely the same, right? Uh, part of that comes down to just cognitively, people are not designed yeah. to be listening to things and reading things at the same time. At the same time. Uh, even if it's the exact same text, which, by the way, you should never do. You should never just yep. read your slides. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's, that's part of it, right, is the goal behind storytelling is to get people immersed in the story, in what you're saying. And if they're too busy reading or trying to mentally understand what you have on, on these slides, then they're suddenly pulled out of that story and they're not focused on, on the story or being into it or engaged with it. They're now just trying to understand the information. So the less that you can have, the more it will focus that attention, get people listening to what you're saying. Yeah. All that said, <laughs> uh, during the yeah. pandemic, I got super into filmmaking and like yes. doing my talks more as, you know, what would it look like if it were on TV? And that's been fascinating because it's all been this huge learning for me. And so some of that has started to get into like, it's like not only ticker? just like, sorry? You have to watch his, uh, his Ignite from uh, <laughs> the Community, Community Summit Tel Aviv. It was like edited. It was cool. It was awesome. About the yeah. SLO. Do you remind me the, uh, the title? SLO, uh, SLO something, uh, what, something. Which one was that? That was... Uh, <laughs> I know the SLOs were definitely in there. <laughs> I, I think it was the, the whole SLOs, like you're doing it wrong, basically. It talk, was a good right? talk. And, and part of that talk was about uh, error budgets, right? And the idea of SLOs are there to measure, essentially, if you're me meeting your reliability requirements. But the whole goal behind that was to set up time that you're free to fail. You're free to, to fail in order to take risks and innovate, uh, which I guess was part of innovation has been the theme of what I've been doing for the past year and a half, yeah. partly because of the pandemic and getting into video stuff. But one thing that I learned as I was going deep in video was, you know, there's, there's all this like talk about cinematography and what looks beautiful, but underneath that all is people in the, in the, in the video or movie making world are all about like storytelling and the visuals of what you see isn't just that it's beautiful, but it's that it tells and contributes to the story. And so they do all, all sorts of little things from like, not just what you see, like the people on, on the screen or, or what's in the scenery, but everything down to the color, right? And so they might make it a little more blue and you, your brain doesn't naturally pick up on like, oh, what I'm seeing is blue, but your brain says, oh, that ice scene that's now blue instead of like an orange cast, is that's very cold. Or if it's orange, it's like, oh, it's, it's warming up. Like it, there's sunshine, right? And so it just started getting me thinking a little bit more as you tell your story and what you have on your slides isn't just the yeah. text. And hopefully there maybe isn't any text because you're telling the story, but what are you showing on the screen that actually helps you tell your story better? That's yeah. Awesome. I was actually just going to make a joke earlier about how like we've all been to the, those conferences where we're like so concentrating on like a really bad slide that we don't even, we're like, what are we looking at here? What is this train wreck? Um, we're going to get into uh, in a little bit, Jason, on a little bit about your gear and the stuff that you use and a little bit on the technical details because you have been doing some really, really great stuff with uh, editing and definitely came through COVID times delivering really great talks and uh, videos that we're clearly very well invested in. Um, but before we get to that, I think I do just want to kind of wrap up and if you could just give us, each one of you, give us a few tips on what to you, uh, 
you know, what do you actually need to do or what kind of thought process or what tips and tricks you have for actually crafting a really great technical talk or even a blog post or whatever it is that's, that's telling the story, whatever it is the medium. Um, it doesn't necessarily only have to be a conference talk. Obviously, there are very many ways to convey stories. Um, but what are some good tips and tricks to kind of get something well-crafted? Um, we'll let Jason take that one. Start with you. Yeah. Um, good tips and tricks for storytelling. I think the first for me is keep it personal. As Avital mm. mentioned, like you are the special sauce in your, in your talk. And so the more in touch with the story, the more that you feel the story, when you tell it, the more others will feel the story, yeah. right? If it comes across as like, I had a friend who once did this thing, like that's a bit different from you saying like, I was once in this situation and this crazy thing happened. You know, that right there gets people engaged. Um, so mm -hmm. so first thing I, I would say for tip is to keep it personal. Um, the second is to to keep the the main thread of your talk, right? And to, you know, again, to have that reason, why am I doing this? What's What am I trying to get my audience to do? And it's fine to have like little deviations from that uh, as you're telling your story, but ultimately you need to be very good about editing down and keeping things flowing directly towards that target that you want people to do. Otherwise, it's too easy to just get distracted and be sharing a bunch yeah. of random information that doesn't hmm. serve that purpose, and then people get lost, right? They they rabbit trail with you. You told me this interesting thing, and now I'm interested in that, and I've completely <laughs> lost sight of what we were here for in the first place. Kind of like so what those marketing, would be my top two tips. It's like oh, like what marketing tries to do, like when when coming from a marketing background, I have to keep saying this, but uh, you know, like short email, one CTA, right? That's it. Like so, keep it crisp get get to your point and and just click on that one button that's all we want you to do we just want you to be in one place so at the end of your talk just understand that this point that i was driving home this is what you need to know so avital exactly. what about you um yeah so definitely that underlying theme um or thread that you're trying to stick to i like to compare the talk to a sandwich um where like the stuff in the middle middle is is the meat and like what you're really trying to get to and there are a bunch of layers from the beginning to the end and since you've got bread on both sides your ending should always kind of remind of the beginning meaning if you've opened up with a certain problem or a certain scenario you always want to close back to that because that makes the brain be like oh we've just completed the circle, we've just closed the sandwich, this is something I can take home with me uh, because it's now like a bite-sized sandwich. Um, and for that reason, I often encourage people not to introduce themselves in the first minute of their talk um, because that's the part that's so crucial to help you wrap up the talk and so crucial to help you like declare what the thread of this talk is going to be and what essentially your value is going to be and so the first thing you want to do is like peak interest and after you kind of like suggested or hinted at what you're going to talk about that's a good time to be like and my name is avital and like i'm really passionate about this and let's talk about this today and then like jason said you can like veer off for a bit but you always got to come back um and most importantly and this is like kind of one of the harder things to do because it also 
you know, takes a lot of psychology into consideration is the fact that we have like an attention span of three seconds. Um, so you always have to include kind of beats or points that will bring back the attention. Um, so these are questions. They're not like real questions. They're totally rhetorical questions. But if you say, do you know what that means? Or, and how are we going to do that? That's something that gets people to just listen because they feel like you're talking to them. Someone's on their phone and you say, has that ever happened to you? They're like, wait, shit, they're talking about me. That wasn't supposed to say that word, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay, go for it. We're not, this isn't a kid-friendly podcast. This is an adult podcast. Oh, yeah. It's um, like, oh, yeah, my uh, six-year-old nephew is really thinking about becoming a DevRel. He's going to be listening to this podcast religiously. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's the feeling that you want to keep creating in people. Like, if they've spaced out a little bit, you want to kind of just, like, bring them back with things that are drawing their attention. And maybe that's a story. Maybe you are changing the pace of your, of your talk and speaking suddenly really fast and then slowing it down. And the most important story uh, video to watch, um, if you haven't, and also for the audience of this podcast, is the TED talk about how to speak about nothing. You familiar with that? Hmm. Okay. No, but I did a song hook, right? Song? Is traveler anyone? No, okay, no. no. It's basically a guy who speaks <laughs> about nothing for five minutes, <laughs> but like he does all of the storytelling things that you're supposed to do. Like he talks fast, he slows down, he like shouts numbers, he really gets the, atten the attention of the audience, he takes off his glasses, he puts them back on, you know, he gets really dramatic, he gets really excited, um, but he's actually speaking about nothing the whole time and it, it just shows you that there are so many more things in addition to the content and that's where the whole like storytelling stage present thing becomes a game and it becomes acting, but I totally see that as like level four. And there are so many things you should master before then. Um, yeah. So, so your advanced course is coming out soon. So. It has come out. <laughs> all right. So I guess now's the time. Uh, Avital has decided to go all in on uh, the technical storytelling uh, kind of journey. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that uh, and how you kind of came to that place and that decision. And so, so it's actually funny how it started. And I was just reflecting on this, and maybe you'll hear more about it tomorrow, Sharon. Um, this really started like two years ago, a, a little bit over. Apparently I had, um, I was home alone one night and I decided to like journal and introspect on the meaning of life and like, I don't know, things people journal about. And I made myself a cocktail or two and then forgot about <laughs> everything. Or four or five. I, <laughs> or four or five. I don't know. I don't know. Because no what happened. Judgment. No judgment. <laughs> I really times. like making cocktails. Billy, if you're listening to this podcast, don't drink. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, <laughs> backstory on that I used to be a software engineer and when I decided to stop being a software engineer I was afraid that I would never find a job so I learned how to be a bartender um, so I like making cocktails and the next episode is going to be about how Jason and Avital do a culinary experience uh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to become Honestly, a food podcast isn't it? and Honestly, it's one of my dreams to have like a food podcast where you like can't see. Um, like I'm not showing you how to make the things just to like really challenge you, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, anyway, introspection, journaling, drinking, forget about it. Two months later, I log into meetup.com to look something up and on the homepage is like, Avital, your group has 95 members. And I'm like, I don't have a meetup group. <laughs> and <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Deborah Lyell, which one? Wow. Which one? 
<laughs> Apparently, I created a group called Developer Storytelling because on that night, I decided that I was going to change the way that developers are presenting information. And I wrote this whole blurb in the meetup group about how we're like so tired of speeches that put us to sleep. And, you know, let's change that. And then I just totally abandoned this meetup group. But in the meantime, 95 people joined. Um, so first of all, I apologize to all those people who just aimlessly followed this meetup group that I never did anything. I ended up doing things in it. Um, so then I was like, oh, shoot, this means I had an audience. Like, I have to do something with this. And then COVID hit, and there were no um, uh, events and things. And that's when I started, like, creating uh, just this, like, syllabus or program or, like, how do you even teach this concept? And out of nowhere, this woman called me one day and was like, I hear you're a DevRel. Like, do you want to come to our office and speak about what DevRel is? And I was like, no, because that's a really boring topic for people who don't want to be DevRels. Um, but I could teach them about storytelling. And she was like, I can't pay you for that, but I will post about you in my WhatsApp group. And she did. And the following week, I got like 10 phone calls. Gee, um, look at that. Yeah. Wow. And so, everything else is history. <laughs> and everything else is history. And now I changed my workshop every month or two to like all the, to include all the stuff I've been learning and um, it's been a really, really cool journey. So cool. Awesome. And I work one-on-one -on -one with developers. And, and I have to say something, like people, I sh my one last thing that I'm adding, like people are like, oh, you're teaching developers how to be extroverts. And like, actually, I'm not. And whether or not you want to say that all developers are introverts, like I, I don't think that's you know a fact either. But like I'm not trying to teach anyone how to be a people person. I'm not trying to teach like confidence or stage present i'm trying to teach people how to take information that exists that is really interesting and is especially interesting to them to organize it into a way that is easy for other people to ingest as well like that sandwich and so it's not about like changing anybody and it's not about like creating something out of you know creating something out of nothing it's just about like thinking are looking at information a different way and, and, and crafting something different out of it. And that brings us back to the whole cooking thing. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I do want to ask about the, the COVID thing. So um, one thing that, uh, that actually did change the game a lot for DevRels was this past two years, COVID. It was, uh, um, you know, when DevRels are really experienced at doing this on stage and, you know, having a certain, you know, crowd. Uh, I remember doing a few talks during COVID times and it's like, there's no feedback loop. It's just like, you just log out and it's like, well, that was weird. Um, but one person that I did enjoy watching a lot uh, was Jason and he did a really, really good job of taking kind of this new medium um, and making it compelling. So I would love to hear a little bit about um, how you, you know, thought about that, how you went about it, some of the gear that you use, some of the, the technology that you've been using and um, really understand how you kind of Change that, change that. Um, and and and, pl and plug yourself. Tell us where we can find them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the journey started, yeah, as you mentioned, right? Like we're not traveling anywhere. We're all doing these video things. And as someone that sits on a lot of Zoom meetings, like that's just boring. It doesn't really matter what you're doing if you're like watching videos. Like, it's generally kind of boring. Except that got me thinking. Like, what's the difference between 
being on an online conference that's like, I don't know, five, eight hours, whatever, however long it is during that day and watching videos and me sitting at home, like when Witcher season two dropped and like binge watching for the whole weekend. Right. And it's like, people are like, ah, I can't watch videos like for that long. And you're like, yeah, but yeah. you can. can. So what's the <laughs> difference? Right. And the difference is primarily, okay, there's production value, but beyond that, it's again, it comes back to the storytelling. There's a story that hooked you in and it's the serialized version of the story and it kept you engaged. So then the question becomes, well, how do you tell better stories? on video, especially for, you know, DevRel. And it comes down to, well, it can't be the regular conference talk, right? I'm not on stage giving talk with slides. I now have this medium where motion is part of it, right? So if I'm getting away from slides, how do I tell my story that's with motion? And then you start realizing there are so many things that we binge watch or we watch regularly that are exactly the same thing. They're telling us a story. They're also teaching me things along the way. And things like cooking shows, you know, like how many people watch Great British Bake Off, you know, and you watch it every week and you start rooting for these people. And I'm pretty sure that like... Top Chef. <laughs> yeah, Top Chef, things like that, right? Like there are these like baking things like linzer torts that unless you're german like or you grew up with those like i'm pretty sure nobody in america knows what half of the things that are on great british bake-off are until they watch that episode and then they see how it's done and a bunch of people go and make it afterward right they get inspired to like i'm gonna find the recipe and try that out and see how hard it is so it was all of that stuff that led me to think of like how do i do this how do i embrace this new medium and really get into it um, and so I, I actually do have a little bit of history. So I went to university for graphic design and I started getting into video way back then, um, and then really didn't continue it. So this was a good chance for me to pick it up. So, uh, you asked about gear, honestly, you can go deep down the rabbit hole of gear. Um, I've got like crazy stuff. Like I decided, uh, to get an anamorphic lens. Uh, wow. because I wanted to like be more movie-like. Anamorphic lens, for those who don't know, if you are watching movies and you see that streak of light that goes all the way across the screen, like you know any Michael Bay, Transformers movie, tons of that, uh, that's a special lens. They're kind of expensive. It's kind of ridiculous for DevRel. Don't do what I did, but <laughs> you can go deep down, down the gear. Uh, and honestly, you really don't need that much. Uh, if you got an iPhone, they have great cameras. Really, like lighting is the best. So, uh, starting to watch YouTube videos on lighting, that's probably where you're going to get the most value. Is just like better lighting, uh, and then working a little bit on your sound. Uh, but again, you don't have to spend a ton of money. A lot of it comes down to attention span, like Avatel mentioned earlier. So, like being very liberal with your cuts. Um, if you watch. You know, next time you're watching anything on Netflix or TV or anything, just like spend a couple minutes and count how many times the scene transitions, even when it's a dialogue between two people, right? That happens a lot and it just keeps you engaged. And so starting to think about things like that, um, yeah, there's, it's a very, very deep rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. If you're in DevRel, I highly recommend that you go down it just a little bit, maybe not too far, but uh, there's a lot to learn. Yeah, obviously you did a lot of research. Very cool, um, good stuff. So, and we've discovered that uh, he's yet 
another talent, right? He's, he's like this multi-talent Jason. So it's like now we have cooking and graphic design and video. Um, <laughs> Devrel, you know, successful. Dev, so good, good for you. Um, we're proud of you. Um, all right. Um, awesome stuff, guys. Thank you so much, Avital and Jason. We really had an awesome time talking with you about everything related to storytelling because it's also some of our favorite stuff to hear people get up and really you know unleash that you know creativity that's involved in figuring stuff because i know personally i have a little bit of a tough time myself with these kinds of things i might need to tap into like some inner rabbi ship to be able to like actually do this and i was like rabbis that i listened to growing up they always told great sermons and they always started off with i was on an airplane or i was at a funeral and and all these like yeah, and you really were like, wow, that really happened to you? And he's like, yeah, it actually happened. Anyways, so uh, we all had a fantastic time. And uh, we hope to have you guys on again at some point in the near future. Um, best of luck with all of your moves. Uh, quick plugs, Avital. You want to plug something? Yeah. Um, my storytelling services. <laughs> yeah. How do they find it? How do people find you? Avitaltubelli.com. Uh it's linked to on all of my social media. You can find it there. Uh, I'm based here, but I'm in the States enough to do workshops and sessions there as well. And of course, through Zoom if needed. But it's always he more here fun. Being, here, here being Tel Aviv. Yes, that one. <laughs> Where it's 9.35 p.m. Yes, exactly. And Jason, <laughs> plug something. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch my videos or on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash engineering is my channel. Um, I haven't posted too many videos recently because I've gotten too busy with things like I just got a puppy and so Aww, uh, spending a lot of time with my puppy. Uh, aside from that, social media, I'm get bisect in most places like Twitter, so you can follow me there. And yeah, hope to uh, see people around. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Sharon, lovely hosting with you as always. <laughs> see you on the next one. Yes. Bye, everybody. Thank you.